Hi, I'm Samantha Rund, actor, comic, and creator of Beyond Technique Coaching. This podcast focuses on performance and the many ways it can help enhance our lives in voice, body, and mind, so we can bring more of our whole selves to our lives and work, because our whole selves are our best selves. On this podcast, I'll have on some incredible guests. We'll be sharing some stories of the ways that performance has helped inform and empower our lives, as well as share tips, techniques, and some of our many experiences. I hope you stick around and let's have some fun. I am super excited to have on our next guest. She is amazingly talented and a fantastic human being, and I'm not biased, I promise you that. (laughs) She's the artistic director of the Little Lake Theater. She's also a director and an actress. I fondly refer to her as the queen of the theater, because she told me to. (laughs) Please welcome to the show, Jenna Oberg. Jenna, if you could wave, they might have missed that. Oh, hello, yes. (laughs) And if you're listening on uh, on uh, iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts, you can you can see your famous wave on our YouTube station. Yeah, technique. Yeah. So Jenna, I'm curious. Can you tell people who maybe aren't familiar with an artistic director? You can you can hear she's very popular. She's very popular today. She may tell you a little bit about her, her baby or her daughter. She might tell you a little bit about her a little bit later in the episode. But for now, Jenna, can you tell people what is an artistic director? Sure. I uh, oversee all of the artistic side of a theater company. So I choose the plays, I hire the directors, the actors, I make sure the productions happen and happen in a way that we're uh, excited about. So, yeah. So I get to do all the fun stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, you're this amazing mastermind. And I'm I'm wondering... I'm excited to hear what you have to say about the, you know, the main question of the podcast, how performance has changed your life or benefited your life, helped you through any difficult times. But I'm sure you have loads of stories too for maybe how you've seen it impact others as well as sure, uh, that's, theater seasons. Yeah. Um, and I work in a community theater. So for me, I get to see theater impacting the lives of really young children Um, adults who had dreamt of doing theater and then went on to be bankers or uh, lawyers and came back to theater, you know, later in life. Um, And I get to see it impact our community, which is also really amazing. Mm -hmm. And I have to say, too, for anybody who's not familiar with Little Lake Theater, community theater, it has many ranges. And uh, her Little Lake Theater, I have to say, is one of the most professional theaters that that I have, I've been to, no matter the, the scale, large or small, you really put a lot of thought behind everything. Thanks. Yeah, we work with very little, but we put everything into it. And I think there's kind of a magic in community theater, especially when you have a team that's so dedicated to it, because you get people who are there simply because they love it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's really special. You don't always get to see that in a professional theater setting. Um, I've worked in many professional theaters as well, and sometimes people are there simply for the paycheck. They just want to make the money, move on to the next project. Um, in a community theater, people are there because they just love the work and love the place. And so that's really cool, too. Yeah, the sort of uh, real-life responsibilities people have, it can impact their enjoyment or even just their mind frame for, for doing the work. 
So yeah. um, if, you know, if the actors are there and they don't have the same sort of pressures for, you know, this has to pay my rent, this has, you know, this has to, this is, this is a hundred percent my career. And they, they can maybe like live a little bit more in the ultimate reason of why we probably all got into the arts in the first place. That right. Your love of it. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, these are people who are so, so tired after working a full day and still they choose to come to the theater and create. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's just some really cool work that happens. Can you tell us about like a few moments for you where you just, I don't know, maybe you felt like a little bit supercharged, like at the height of like Jenna-ness. <laughs> <laughs> Or you, you know, or you saw that as a director, like a transformation in it, a younger actor or somebody who was coming from a job and just that sort of shift and that vibrance. Uh, Yeah, I think one of the moments that springs to mind actually was Scottish play, uh, which you're very familiar with. Yes, yes. Um, Like I said, I cannot be biased. (laughs) Um, but that moment in the student show when all of the high schoolers were there and literally rose off of their seats um, and were cheering like they were at some like wrestling match uh, mm-hmm. for uh, Mackers and Macduff in that final epic battle um, and just the energy that's there. And like for the first moment uh, in my career, I really was like, oh, this is what it definitely must have been like in the Globe. This is is Shakespeare's theater. Um, But also just watching these students who probably would have rather gotten a root canal than gone to see Shakespeare prior to coming to the theater, watching them engage so fully. It was really amazing. Yeah. Um, So that's, That's yeah, I think that's one of the moments. That's awesome. Because yeah, I, I definitely, you have this sort of gift, I think, for, you know, seeing the humanity in something. And like, call like bringing it forward, and then having a group of people do it together. Yeah. Because, well, because too, like especially for Shakespeare and and the Scottish play, you know, Macbeth. For those of you who aren't familiar with all of the theater, sort of the, the reasons why we we don't always use the name, right? And it's twenty twenty, so I'm really careful about exactly. That one. <laughs> Definitely. Right after this, I'm going to do the sign of the cross, throw some water over my shoulder, run around my apartment. I don't know that any of those are necessary, but I will do it all the same. <laughs> um, but, you know, there's a sort of like stuffiness and elitism that can come into these plays where it, it can be quite boring for people. But really, at the heart of it, there's all of these real big human struggles and emotions and things where it's awesome to see a group of high schoolers of all people relate to it and just get so into it and understand what it's really about. Yeah. And I think, too, when you do Shakespeare well, um, I'm not saying we were like geniuses, but when you do Shakespeare well, even people who are unfamiliar with Shakespeare connect to the human spirit in a different way because they can't rely on the language the same way they would if they were to go see a Tennessee Williams play mm-hmm. um, because sometimes that language is so foreign to them. But what they do connect to are the emotions or the situations um, and the interpersonal connection between characters. So you get... Shakespeare, which is sort of this seen as this um, sort of stiff, um, ancient art form, and all of a sudden people get sucked into it with um, with the emotional part, and so you're connecting to characters on a very heart to heart way. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's what's special about it when you get to see good Shakespeare. Yeah, so, definitely. Yeah. So, um, can you tell me about 
one of your favorite roles that you've gotten to play? Because you are also an actor as well. Sure. Um, hmm. Probably, ah, that's tough. I, right? I really love all of the characters I play. Um, I got to play Stella in Streetcar um, a few years ago, which was amazing in A Streetcar Named Desire. Um, I didn't think I was going to get to do that show ever in my life. Um, and it, I connected with her a great deal. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's something so giving and generous about her um, and so loving. So if you could put aside like the abuse and the horrible home life, but just um, that soul, I just really connected to her. Um, and we got to do a really cool thing. Actually, across the street from my house is a trolley museum. And they have the original streetcar named Desire from New Orleans. And so we got to do this whole photo shoot on uh, the trolley tracks with the streetcar. So it was just extra special. It was really yeah. cool. I got to see those photos. They were amazing. They were great. Yeah. What? It was 103 degrees that one. Oh, we so it was so hot. And I had that pregnant belly on. I was dying. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So, okay. So when you said you thought it was a role you were never going to get to play, why, yeah. especially for people who aren't familiar with a streetcar named Desire, um, why did you think it was something that you weren't going to get to play? Um, well, I don't act very often. So my access to roles just for time, um, is limited. So I at most do one show a year acting wise. Um, and I'm getting a little old. And so, um, (laughs) we just happen to have this beautiful cast that traditionally, I think the characters are played slightly younger than we were. Mm -hmm. Um, but we all just worked. Um, and so we had a little bit older cast. So that allowed, um, ancient Jenna to be able to participate. Anybody watching uh, this is going to be like, wait, what are you 12? (laughs) You look, you don't, you, you look, you look very young still, so. Yeah, my bones don't feel it. Um, but I also, um, traditionally, I think uh, Stella's played very differently than we played her. Um, I, when I act, have a very natural earthy quality, but it's not necessarily the same kind of earthiness that uh, Stella's traditionally played with. Um, and we had a lot of fun crafting that character, um, Got good feedback, so I assume it worked. Um, yeah. But that was, yeah, that was definitely, um, it just wasn't a character I thought I'd ever get a chance to play. So, yeah, I I can understand that. Like, there's still some on the bucket list where <laughs> if I get to, it's going to be like so exciting. Um, but so getting to play that role, what did that, did that change anything for you in your your life? even if it was just in the, in the moment, you know, like, or during the weekend of shows, did it, did it make you feel any, anything differently? Um, I think it was actually like one of the first times when, um, when I really got lost in a world, Mm -hmm. um, which was cool. Um, so just like, like I would get into the character, I would start the show and then all of a sudden it'd be like, this world of the early 1950s um, and, and sort of forgot that there was an audience, which if um, anyone had ever seen our theater, we're at a tiny little intimate theater and like the front row is right there. Right. Um, and, so, and they're so on all sides of you. Yeah. We're in the round. Yeah. Um, and doing that show in the round was really cool because we were kind of in this little like box. Um, and there really wasn't a place to hide. Um, you know, you couldn't turn up stage, you couldn't do anything like that. So every raw motion was like 
fully on display to someone. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's what kind of helped it feel like I was in this protected little fish tank for those moments. The other cool thing, I just played Joyce in Top Girls, which was a totally different role. Like I dropped the C-bomb regularly and like not me at all. Oh, no, uh, yeah. That, I would have <laughs> and, a hard time uh, with that one too. <laughs> and uh, there was something about that character that um, was a really transformative moment for me. I usually really prepare and really like um, like try to get in the moment before going on stage. And um, for that character, I just like that preparation didn't help me. It just mm. put me way too in my head. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's a very visceral character. She's someone who's like totally wound. And so she's reacting very strongly in the moment um, in her two scenes. And so I found doing, I found that doing, um, sorry, hold on one second. <laughs> I found that doing um, some physical activity, so I would do sit-ups and push-ups, and then I would plank for a little while, and that was my only prep going in. Like, I wouldn't think about the character. I wouldn't think about the moment before. It was a very different preparation for me and what I needed for that character. And so for as an actor, that role was really awesome because it asked me to just prepare and approach it without any... um, forethought. I mean, I did the work in the rehearsal process. Um, We did a lot of character work in the rehearsal process, but um, when I would hit the theater, instead of like really being in my head, I would run lines for my first scene with the other two actresses in the scene. Um, And then like just hang out and about 10 minutes before do some serious physical work um, backstage. And then um, that just sort of launched me into the energy. And it was cool because everything was really spontaneous mm-hmm. and I am not a spontaneous person. Um, and so it was like almost skydiving in a way, that particular role, because uh, it just allowed me to like leap into wherever I was at the moment that I started the scene. And it was always different. Uh-huh. And then to go from there. And so um, our director gave us so much freedom to just respond. And there were certain things we needed to hit at certain times. Yeah. Um, but if I was feeling really happy that day, then I could start launching into that major scene in act two from that place. Or if I was feeling like really tired, that's where I started. So like whatever I was bringing with me to the table fed the scene. It was really uh, an awesome experience. It was very freeing. Yeah. That sounds awesome. And the moment before is so important. You know, it's something I definitely tell my students. It's something that I remind myself before doing these auditions, just how, I mean, we're never walking into something without experiencing a moment before, even when we wake Mm up in the morning, like, did we have a nightmare or did we have a really good dream? What happened? There's, there's always a moment before that helps inform how we enter that, that space. Yeah. And that's something we explored so much in rehearsals. So it almost became uh, muscle memory. Yes. In the performance, which was really cool. Um, And the cool thing is then in that moment before, um, we had the flexibility in this particular show. Um, we had imagined that the moment before was having dinner with my daughter and um, cleaning up dinner and preparing for bed. We didn't expect a visitor and then the visitor shows up. So the moment before literally is opening the door to my sister. Um, but how you feel in that moment before changed nightly based on the energy I brought to the role. So we knew what the details were. Um, and that was like kind of the fun the fun thing because there was that freedom in that scene to do that. Yeah, yeah. 
I'm also interested in general about how people's career choices, you know, how that impacts their life. For example, I know somebody who works in law enforcement and after many years of law enforcement, it has altered their personality a little bit. You know, they're constantly having to ask people quick questions. And, you know, when I go into my well, did they do it because of this or because of that? You know, all my all my actor training where I sound slightly like a therapist sometimes trying to get into it. Maybe they're not always in the mood for that. But, but you know, our, 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 what we do on a daily basis and our, our thinking patterns, all of that habitual, habitual thinking, it can affect us. And I, I definitely know, like for you as a director, probably you always had a certain way of thinking where maybe you were drawn to directing same way with me, like with acting uh, a little bit more too, but you, I feel like another one of your gifts is seeing the bigger picture and seeing how that winds in. And I know for myself, when I'm coming from an actor mindset, I'll use some of those like habitual patterns, but if I have to shift it to coaching or shift it to like stand up comedy or something, those thinking patterns shift a bit. So I'm curious mm-hmm. um, as to differences you've noticed or personality traits that maybe have been strengthened by being probably more bossy (laughs) (laughs) Uh, assertive assertive assertive. bossy Um, is not a dirty word (laughs) uh no I think seeing the big picture is something I can pause for my daughter (laughs) that's right the iPad fell off her lap she needed my help okay um and I may just, I may cut this out or I may leave it all in. We'll have okay, to see. Okay, good. <laughs> I'll, um, I'll ask you after the, the, the taping. <laughs> um, so I think, I think seeing the big picture though is really um, a, a director's gift and being able to look at a concept and how all the pieces fit together. Mm-hmm. Um, and then as an artistic director, um, I think that and the experience I've had technically, mm-hmm. um, you know, with technical theater training. You got a resounding yes over there. Yes. Um, You know, all of that combined, um, I think, has really helped me broaden that. But then I also um, find myself like evaluating situations or like, oh, I think that person's probably responding that way because of X, Y, and Z, or oh, look, this is about to happen. Um, So I think in some ways, I probably view the world maybe like a forensic psychologist, but prior to the emergency happening. Um, And that you just really are like hyper aware of all the pieces and how they then sort of come together to make the whole. Yeah. um, Yeah. Do you feel that, um, I'm even thinking like how to, how to word this one. So I'm curious if you have a, like a goal or something or in your personal life. Were, were that experience of working as an artistic director, director, actor, all of those things, where you feel like it's helped you to achieve your goal or it's helped you through maybe a, a, a you know, an iffy spot? Um, I just completed a year-long adoption process that culminated in heading to India and dealing with um, judges in court mm-hmm. and, um, and navigating some bizarre situations there. Um, and I think in some ways those skills helped, uh, just make it through that process and to understand that process and to, to, to process that process. To process that process probably made that process a little bit more pleasant during the process of that process. (laughs) Right. While I was processing the process. Right. Um, so I think that's probably one example. Um, 
I don't know. Gosh, my life is pretty much at the theater. Well, not this year because of COVID, of course. So my right. life is like creating theater from my living room this year. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, but I think that's probably most recently where I, those skills that I practice on a daily basis. Because artistic director is also very much about organization and keeping charts and time. You know, it's the very much the left brain. Is it the left that's creative or the right? I can never remember. It's the other side of the brain (laughs) (laughs) Um, at times because you're still watching budgets and all of that. So I think being able to marry the creative with the analytical, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I do use Excel regularly in my job and things like that. So there's like really both hemispheres coming together with that Mm -hmm. job, which is sometimes fun and sometimes the Excel needs to go (laughs) (laughs) bye-bye. Yeah, I I hear you on the Excel. I too use Excel. <laughs> um, and I, I will admit it was a bit of a leading que- question for all the lawyers out there listening. You're like, she's leading the witness or is that the judge that says that? I don't know. Um, you can tell me. But I was, as I was thinking of, oh, what am I going to ask you about this, you know, and how it relates to the, the podcast and all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh, you're, the, the process of, the adoption process you just went through I'm imagining how much more uh, gracefully you may have been able to do it. Just, I mean, because I, I know for sure there's certain difficult things I've had to do that my training as an actor has helped me navigate it in a way that's more pleasant. So Yeah, there's, I mean, one of the examples from the adoption, um, the day that I adopted, my daughter took custody. Mm-hmm. We had been at court all day. It was a really long day and we had to go back to the orphanage to sign paperwork. Mm-hmm. And I was like, done. I was just so tired. I had had every emotion under the sun. Um, my child was still in these pajamas that we picked her up from the orphanage in. She had like known me for all of five hours. Um, we had shoved about as many puffs into her as she, she would take. Um, and she just wanted a nap and I wanted a nap and I wanted to get her back to the hotel. And the, um, high judge of the district who's responsible for overseeing all the orphanages showed up at the orphanage and wanted to do this handing over ceremony uh, with newspaper reporters. And like, I had just been in an open air courtroom for three hours with my daughter. Um, See, you know, seeing, seeing the judge to get the adoption approved and um, you know, there's like birds flying. It's, like a totally different thing. It was warm. I was sweaty. Um, and just being able to like hold her squirming and crying and look calm and cool and collected. (laughs) We did this ceremony. It was, um, it was wild. So I guess that was probably acting. (laughs) (laughs) Right. There's a certain amount of acting everybody does just to, you know, fit into society the way that we need. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And so then we ended up going back to court. So that was also a really interesting process. Um, So, but luckily everyone took it very seriously and I'm glad they did. I'm glad they cared enough about her to make sure she was being handed over to someone competent. Right. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, Definitely. Yeah. And then my daughter's actually 100% deaf. So she's, um, she's deaf and she knew no sign language prior to me adopting her. Um, so certainly my first foray into motherhood these past few months, I've done a whole lot of acting, a whole lot of pantomime, a whole lot of charade playing, um, really to learn how to communicate with her. And so that's been a really interesting thing too. And I think probably in my life, that's where my theater training has been most useful. Mm -hmm. Um, 
because I do have to imagine what she's experiencing because she can't tell me. Um, and I do have to put myself in her shoes to see how she's viewing a situation because she doesn't have hearing response, but she also is brand new to this. She's little, um, and she's trying to navigate a whole new world. Um, and then just try to communicate with her. There's definitely those communication skills of, um, of how do I talk to her? What do I need her to actually do? Um, how do I show her what I need her to do? So uh, all of those are things that I, as a director, use with actors, just usually with a language similarity instead of the language difference. So mm-hmm. that's so cool. Yeah. <laughs> um. So I'm. I guess I'm also wondering what sort of advice you might have for for new new mothers and or you know the the juggling because you do have a very important job. And you also have like two very important jobs of being a mom and of being an artistic director. And then on top of it, the other things that you, you know, in the adoption process and just helping uh, your daughter out with some of these other things, which. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I'm definitely, and this year, especially because of COVID, it adds like a whole nother layer. So we're actually, I'm doing virtual school with her. So I'm like mom, teacher, artistic director. Um, so I don't know if I have advice yet. If you have advice for me, please let me know. Um, is there any? Is there anything that you're doing but, that's helping you to stay sane? Because you still yes. look relatively sane. <laughs> Lots of queen. coffee. Lots of coffee. Okay, that's a good. Lots t- of coffee. Yes, coffee is really good. Um, when she goes to bed, I use nighttime as my quiet time and my time to recenter, which is really important mm-hmm. um, because I can't. Like I haven't really been separated from her since we adopted her because it's COVID and she's got a lot of separation stuff we're working through. Um, but finding time to just like reset her and refocus. And so nighttime's been really good for that. Um, so I really try to get all my work done before I put her to bed so that I really have just some time to be present and quiet with me. Yeah. Um, and so for me, that's really important. Um, and grace, like it's okay for people to make mistakes. And I think that's the thing, uh, with new parents, uh, that there's such a pressure to be like the perfect parent, Mm -hmm. which is a fallacy. It doesn't exist. Mm -hmm. Um, so grace that like, it's okay if she doesn't match today and it's okay if, you know, breakfast was cocoa puffs and lunch was cocoa puffs Mm -hmm. and dinner is chocolate milk. You know, it's okay in the long run and just giving, um, giving us the, the space to like, you know what, we made it through another day. She's happy. We bonded more. Um, and so if X, Y, and Z that we had thought was going to happen didn't occur, it's okay. Yeah. Um, and so that's, that's, I think the biggest one is just um, giving yourself a little bit of forgiveness and a little bit of grace and room to figure it out because there's no manual and <laughs> cer- so- certainly with COVID there's no manual. Right. right. So. And we're all in this, we're, well, I guess we're all on the same, in the same boat. Cause it's like, we're all in this, yes. we're all experiencing this thing where everybody's handling it differently. Everybody's set of circumstances are different, but the overall sort of everybody's going through this COVID situation. Yeah. We're all going. To live, I hope. Oh my goodness, I got to be careful saying we're all going. Oh my goodness, I'm probably going to have to cut this out. (laughs) And spit and spin around. And, you know, it's a really cool thing too, though, at the same time, because I think we take human interaction for granted. 
Mm -hmm. Um, And as performers, it's something that we do so naturally because it's our jobs. Like we explore human connection and all of a sudden someone said no human connection. Um, And so, you know, it's a very interesting sort of reset on the value of that and how important it is for society. Um, So so hopefully that's the good that comes out of it. Right. Like the silver lining with, with any situation and not to take away from, you know, all, of course, all the horrible pain and suffering that's going on, but we also have to hold on to those things that keep us going, give us hope and, and, you know, make the best that we can out of our situations. Yeah. And one thing I've been looking at it as, you know, somebody's constantly running around juggling, doing a lot of things. There's been something kind of refreshing about having to stay put and reflect on certain things and and be forced into this sort of timeout for my own good. <laughs> yeah. You know, the refocus, yeah, recenter. It's like the forced nap time when you're little, like you don't want to do it, but then you realize, oh, this is so great. Um, and so, yeah, and I, we were out walking in a um, big forest yesterday that's near the house. And I was standing out of the trees thinking, I forgot how much I loved nature. I forgot how much this is amazing and it never would have been something I was sitting here experiencing if the theater was open and if I was able to go to Target and if, you know, (laughs) right. (laughs) I don't know if we're allowed to say Target on. Yeah. Target, you ready to sponsor? Are you ready to sponsor Target? Go ahead. Get me up. Um, (laughs) But Yeah. yeah, you start to appreciate things that I think, um, we all should have been appreciating all along, but, mm-hmm. but you just forget how precious they are. Yeah. It's been cool too, because I think uh, I've been listening differently to people. Um, you know, I think there's a pause. There's like, a, oh, I'm focusing now in on our conversation. And so um, I've had dialogues with people that I had like, never really talked to before and hearing points of view that I'm like, oh, okay. Uh, Oh yeah. I didn't think that about myself and now I see that. Okay. Mm. Um, And being able to really examine who I am and who I want to be when I step back out into the world. Oh wow. So that's been really cool too. Yeah. And there's, you know, with everything that's going on right now, everybody's a bit more vulnerable. Mm -hmm. I mean, in more reasons than one, there's a different sort of way that people are in the world when they're vulnerable, especially if they're willing to have a conversation. I, I, I kind of feel that it can go one of two ways with that vulnerability. People might push even more to cover it up because they don't want to feel mm-hmm. vulnerable. So they'll be even less likely to want to have a conversation. And the people who are like, okay, you know what, maybe I can lean into a little bit more. You can have, you can relate on a little bit of a deeper level. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the other thing that's so cool is um, there's a sense of like protecting people right now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like Facebook posts are good and bad. Right. But, um, but so many of them, so many people I talk to on Facebook are just really about like, it's okay, wherever you are today. Um, let's lift each other up. And like, that's also a really um, cool thing. I think people are really starting to get um, protective of each other. And I'm hoping that just spreads out into the greater world. Right. 
Yeah, it, it sure is nice when people focus more on other humans instead of stuff. Yes. The, the importance of humanity. Yeah. Okay, so I know I like to get a little bit serious for these talks. Thank you, Madam Queen of the Theater. Uh, <laughs> and I know you covered a lot of, a lot of wonderful stories already, but I want to hear a story of, or time, something, some way that your experience in the theater has just made your life more fun or silly or just something, just like brightened it up a bit. Did you have a, like, Oh, a silly fun time. Anything you'd want to share? Um, I mean, I, I, it's all fun. Uh, (laughs) I know. I know. That's why I'm like, well, we already kind of covered it, but I know you got another story. Uh, let's see. Um, I got to be a disco queen once in, uh, they're playing our song. We were the- <laughs> <laughs> she, she has some stories already. She's ready she does. Uh, that was really cool. Cause I never danced disco before. And my dance partner was like 55 years old. And <laughs> she's, like, she's like, no, not that one. Mom, tell him a different one. All right. I'll come up with a different story. Uh, Oh, I had I had a lot of fun doing the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe last year too. We'll talk about that, and we'll see if the oh the yeah, I, I don't want to take away your disco um, time. No, that's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, because I just decided that it was all going to be an imaginative and playful. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we literally spent rehearsals with piles of junk and like go play. And we had adults, and we were just like throwing things at each other and like using boxes in different ways and creating airplanes and. Um, you know, it was just so much fun to play and not like have any restrictions. Yeah. Um, and then we really just were able to take that sense of play and adventure through the whole story, um, which was really great. Uh, yeah. And certainly um, hanging out with the cast, getting to know people, um, the social aspect that comes with theater, especially community theater, mm-hmm. uh, is a ton of fun. <laughs> <laughs> um so you know like that we have some pretty awesome gazebo parties at the theater Um, (laughs) she is ready to party she is feeling she is oh she is a party animal (laughs) okay i don't think i should take up any more of your time because she is ready to party and i need to listen to her she is young but she knows what she wants oh yes she will tell you (laughs) So uh, be sure to check out Little Lake Theater at www.littlelake.org. And um, if you're looking for a performance coach to help empower you in voice, body, and mind so you can bring more of your whole self to your life and work, always feel free to reach me at beyondtechniquecoaching at gmail.com. Thanks so much and stay safe and stay healthy.